Good afternoon, and welcome to Noon Edition. I'm WFIU News Director Will Murphy, sitting in this afternoon for Bob Zaltzberg. We have several guests in the studio with us, in addition to the usual, and yet not usual, Mary <laughs> Catherine Carmichael. Thanks, I think. <laughs> in the studio with us this afternoon, we have three guests representing uh, Leadership Bloomington, Monroe County, and its attendant uh, alumni association. We welcome to the microphones uh, Jim Shelton, a member of the uh, alumni association and the uh, vice president, I believe. Also joining us, Kim Eckenbarger, the uh, president of the alumni association, and Talisha Kopik, the distinguished alumni award winner for 2003 for Leadership Bloomington. Welcome to you folks for joining us. Uh, thank you very much. If you have a comment, or, oh, we should also mention that uh, in the control booth we have uh, joining us uh, Elkner Ralston, the program director for Leadership Bloomington. If you have a comment or question for our guests throughout the program, the number in Bloomington is 855-0811. Toll free, 877-285-9348. And if you'd like to offer a comment or question via email, the address is noon at indiana.edu. Again, to our guests, welcome. Now, we joked uh, a little bit before the program that I'm sort of the odd person out here because I'm the only person in this room who's not an alumnus of um, Leadership Bloomington, and I'm, I'm feeling the heat. Yeah, we're, <laughs> that, that's just for now. By this time next year, we hope that's you right. will be. That's right. And we should point out in the interests of uh, transparency that Mary Catherine is also an alumnus of this program. I am. We might start off just uh, for folks who are unfamiliar with the program and what it offers and what it involves getting stories from you three folks about why you got involved and what it did for you. And Jim, let's just start with you. Okay. Well, I'm class of 2000, and I got involved because Steve Howard uh, advocated this program strongly to me. And uh, I and another employee uh, gave it a go in 2000 and enjoyed it very much, learned an awful lot from it, made some good friends, uh, made a network of about 30 people, and then by joining the Alumni Association, another 400 within 100 miles of us here. And so I, I had a lot of fun, too. So I thought it was a very good program. Well, so it was, it was just Steve sort of saying this is a good thing. You'll learn a lot. You'll make some contacts. You'll... Well, it took him a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> he can be persuasive, Yes, though. he could. <laughs> Kim, how about you? Um, I am a graduate of the class of 2002, and at that point I was new to the community, and I work for the City of Bloomington Parks and Recreation Department, who strongly supports this program and has sent several um, of, the employee, of their employees through the program. Um, being new to the community and the nature of my job, they thought it would be um, beneficial for me to go through the program. So I feel like I benefited kind of twofold from the experience. I, I developed as a as a leader in the community, and um, I also was able to become more acquainted with Bloomington. Um, it introduced me to uh, city government, county government, um, the connections between the university and the community. And that was just very valuable as a new person to Bloomington. Okay. Talisha? Um, yes, I'm a graduate from the 1989 class. So we were just talking earlier that it was 17 years ago. And you and I are the resident geezers yes. in here today. <laughs> that was a long I'm time afraid. ago. Yeah. But um, at that point, I was just beginning my career and um, working with Downtown Bloomington Commission at that time and um, wanted to learn more about uh, the business world, the community, IU, uh, and uh, and made a decision to stay in the Bloomington community and become part of it. And it was a really good opportunity to learn a, a lot of different uh, aspects and broadening your perspective and balance and just everything that takes to make up our community was discussed. And we had several projects that we worked on as well. Okay. Want to hear mine? I do. I want to turn the microphone <laughs> on you. Mary Catherine, what got you involved back in uh, 1964? Uh, yeah. Oh, that is so harsh. I'm sorry. Uh, actually, I was working for Indiana Gas back when there was a company called Indiana Gas, and uh, my superior had gone through the program the year prior and had a wonderful experience and, and said, oh, you've got to do this. And I was working a lot, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't have time for this. Because, no, no, you need to do this. And I did it, and it was just uh, the best decision I ever made. It was uh, a very good experience. I was doing some um, governmental uh, r relations at that time, and um, it was, I always like to call it my one-stop shopping 
for all about Bloomington and Monroe County, um, much as Kim described, because um, it really made it possible for me to kind of hit the ground running. And I found myself being so much more effective um, because I already knew the right people to call after having been through the program, or I knew where that building was because we had had a class in that building, or um, if I didn't know the exact right person to call, I, I knew somebody one step removed and, and could get things um, you know, taken care of that way. So I felt that uh, it was just made me a more effective employee. And certainly, I was, like Kim, um, fairly new to the community, and I, I think it's safe to say I really hadn't put my full weight down yet um, as far as knowing whether or not this was uh, where I was going to probably spend a, a lot of my adult years. But um, after having been through the program, I had uh, such a sense of ownership uh, for this area that I suddenly felt like, yes, you know, I'm really a part of this community and uh, I want to I stay here. I want to live here. These are, the, these are good people and I know how this place works and I can deal with that. And what year did you graduate? Uh, as I pull on my beard, 92-93. Uh, <laughs> 92-93. Were there surprises along the way? I mean, you went in thinking this is going to happen and then it was something entirely different? I think think the the biggest surprise to me was how much time it would take especially to to do the project. A big part of this is uh, learning – putting into practice a lot of the things you learn by doing a a major project that goes from – oh, roughly the first part of January through graduation in early May and – uh, you end up working very closely with four or five or six people, putting in an awful lot of time, and, and that was something I really didn't didn't understand, but enjoyed thoroughly and, and benefited from a lot. I think. Hmm. Kim. Well, at, at that time, everything was a surprise to me as it related to Bloomington, and one of the things that I picked up on immediately was. Um, like Mary Catherine said, the sense of ownership that people feel being part of this community and how all of that comes together. And given the fact that we're such a transient community, um, people can feel grounded here. And that came out very clearly um, in my experience going through the program. Did you feel like you belonged here more after you went through the program? Definitely. Definitely. I felt more more invested. Um, I felt more aware and um, and knowledgeable about the different components of the course, um, of the community. Uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed was hearing about where people felt there were gaps in the community, but um, also some of the goals in place for filling those gaps. That was really interesting to me. So, Okay. Talisha? Well, it's just very hands-on, very interactive, and you really get to know the people that you're with and become lifelong friends. We still have several friends that we keep in close touch with. I have to say, and anytime you want to answer any of these questions, (laughs) Mary Catherine, jump in. Um, I think part of my role here today is going to be sort of the the skeptic or the the devil's advocate because there are uh, doubts that people have about going into a a program like this. For example, one person who's now a strong advocate of the program, I know who's a prominent member of the community now, uh, said going in, he thought, what are you going to tell me about Bloomington? I grew up here. I've been here longer than anybody in this class. And he came out thinking, that's amazing. I thought I knew Bloomington, and I totally have to change my tune now that I learned quite about about this community. Did you have that experience as well? Exactly. I, I was not new here. I'd been here off and on since 1971 when I did this in 2000. And I went to places that I'd never been. Some of them I sort of didn't even know existed, like the Quaker House. We had a meeting there that was really eye-opening. And I just learned an awful lot about how things work. I, I think if you're if you're not involved in this program, you sort of see things at, at one level, but you really get down into things and really learn a lot. Learned a lot about uh, communication. Bob Zalsberg was one of our instructors. Learned a lot about government, a lot about the planning process, all that kind of thing. New urbanism was just sort of starting to be talked about. So I learned a lot about Bloomington that, that I didn't know after being here. Quite, a, And I've heard a number of folks who lived here a long time, say the same things. 
we might point out that if Bob were here, it'd be five for five because he's also an alumnus of <laughs> the organization. Right. And he was a distinguished alumni award winner as well. He so. is indeed. Yeah, there's a there's a video that was produced to celebrate the 20th year anniversary of the program. It's it's over 25 years now, but um, I remember seeing that video and um, Judge Walsh was just he again another lifelong resident uh, who was who said, you know, I've been here, lived here, grew up here. Uh, my family's been here since dirt was made. But he said, I learned things I never knew. And it was really cute as I watched this video because um, several of the people who were from Bloomington, it seemed like they were the most, uh, um, they gave the most glowing uh, review of the program because I, they really thought they knew it all and then were so pleasantly surprised to um, find out details of their own community that they hadn't been aware of before. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, we might point out that if you have a question about the organization and how it's run and when it was founded and its uh, evolution, uh, our folks uh, here in the studio are relatively recent graduates, but we have Ilkner Ralston, Ralston rather, program director in the uh, producer studio uh, next door. And if you have a question, you can drop it by email or phone and she can uh, whisper it to our producer and get, it, get the answer uh, to you as quickly as possible. A reminder that if you'd like to join the program uh, by phone, the number in Bloomington is 855-0811. Toll-free outside the Bloomington area, the number is 877-285-9348. And by email, the uh, address for comments and questions is noon at indiana.edu. A reminder that our guests include Jim Shelton, the vice president of Leadership Bloomington Alumni Association, Kim Eckenbarger, uh, the president of the Alumni Association for that group, and Talisha Kopik, the Distinguished Alumni Award winner for 2003. We should also probably uh, invite and encourage uh, any other people who have uh, been through the program, any alumni, and would like to call in and share their experiences. I, I always think that that's fun to uh, hear other people's uh, take on the program. And um, if you, as you went through the program, uh, Talisha and I, we represent kind of an earlier time in the program. Um, Jane Clay ran the program when I mm-hmm. went through. And Gail Stubbe was yeah, for yes. yes. Gail and, and now Ilkner. And so the program has kind of evolved um, as as um, the instructors have changed. But let's, let's talk a little bit more about the instructors because um, there is a person in charge of the program, but that person doesn't necessarily teach the classes. Um, Kim, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. Um, that's pretty much the unique thing about this program uh, is the instructors are people who are currently leading in this community. Um, there might be um, a topic about uh, communication and media, and we include folks who are um, currently leaders in, in that field and can share their experiences and their um, skill sets and their knowledge with um the participants based on on their experiences. So that's what I find to be the most unique part of of the classroom setting. And uh, another unique thing is there is no one particular location for uh, the classes. The classes move around and you get to experience different settings um, based on the topic for that particular week. So that's really unique as well. Um, so, So, yeah. I, yeah, I know I found myself um, having the opportunity to go places because the class met there that week that I never would have stepped foot in otherwise. Um, I didn't have any children at the time I went through the program, and um, one of the classes was held at a middle school. Well, why, I would have had no call whatsoever, but it was really eye-opening, and uh, I enjoyed the experience immensely. Did any of you go places you didn't think you would be. We went to Shawnee Bluffs. It was beautiful. It was my only opportunity to go there, and uh, it was really nice setting because you could be outside, and um, I think that was for our retreat. Mm-hmm. And I think later on they ended up staying overnight at the cabins. and yeah. so. We did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think a, another really unique thing is, is the program does a really good job of including past participants, alumni in the sessions as well for, for validation, for them to say, yes, this is an, an, an very important skill that you are learning in your role as a potential leader, and this is how you will potentially apply these skills in the real world or in your community or in your place of business. So um, that's an interesting aspect to the program as well, is just the cont- 
continuing participation from the alumni. You know, overall, we really haven't talked about what the goals and the intent of the program is. Why, why do we even have Leadership Bloomington, Monroe County? Well, it's jointly sponsored by the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce as well as IU's uh, Bloomington's Continuing Studies Program. And, and the goal is to develop leadership skills in as many people as we can in the community. This helps them be more valuable participants, more valuable employees. Of course, usually the employers are paying for it, so they want those skills in their workforce and they want that network available to their employees. And then probably the most important thing to the community is you build up, as we said earlier, about 400 folks now who've been through this. In the community, they've been uh, taught a lot of skills. They've been encouraged to participate. We were told over and over leadership is an action, not a position. Get involved. And I think this makes up a lot of the social infrastructure, if you will, to be on boards, to help Mm -hmm. run churches, to help run uh, committees of the city, of the county. I think another important component is the linkage that occurs. Um, There are representatives from the for-profit, non-for-profit, municipal, IU, and all of these people sometimes get so focused in their own areas um, of our community that they forget about making those connections. So um, this really provides an opportunity for that to occur and for networks to establish. Is this... uh Again, I'm asking a question from a position of ignorance, as I often do. Um, is this a, an organization that is unique to Bloomington? Are there comparable chapters other places around the state? There are. In fact, there are um, similar organizations throughout the country, and there is a, a kind of a national organization as well that is comprised of, of local um, similar programs. Okay, so it's something that you could get involved with here and then perhaps in some way if you get relocated you can make a transition. Of yeah, in fact, have... um, Mark Moore, uh, the president of Bloomington Hospital, um, in fact, he's written a, a very nice editorial that I think we'll see um, in the Bloomington Herald Times soon. Um, he speaks of having been through a similar program in Indianapolis and so he brings the uh, that experience with him then to his leadership Bloomington here in Monroe County and as a result of having been through that program, sees the value of leadership Bloomington, Monroe County, and has continued to send key staff members from the hospital through leadership Bloomington, Monroe County. And I think that even if you've gone through a leadership program in another community, there's still value in going through the leadership Bloomington, Monroe County program because the information is so focused on this community um, for you to apply your experiences that... You know, it, it's it's important for them to for those folks even to consider this program here locally. Talisha, what would you say to somebody who is a little bit put off by you know this, the word leadership in the program? I, I, I know I've had people say to me, "Oh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm really a leader. I wouldn't mind being a little more involved. I wouldn't mind serving on a board or commission, but I'm not. I don't know if I know enough. I don't. I don't know if I'm a leader." Oh well, I think it's just getting involved with something that you're interested in and learning uh, different topics and that comes with it. It evolves into that. A lot of leaders don't know they're leaders, I think, sometimes, and being positive and, you know, also being able to speak from from knowing about uh, different topics as, uh, you know, it's it's all knowledge and, and learning more about your community that you can, so... Jim, I know you're an employer. You've been through the program yourself, um, right. but you also continue on pretty much an annual basis to send employees through. What do you get out of that as an employer? Well, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, I get an employee with uh, more skills. I, again, think we learned a lot of different skills during the class uh, with a larger network, uh, both with the people they went to school with, uh, went to class with, as well as the Alumni Association. Quite often, I think somebody with more self-confidence, mm. and uh, I think I've sent five folks through now in the last five or six years. Kim, could you speak a little more specifically to the skills that are focused on during the program? Sure. Um, some of the different topics um, include Bloomington, My Community, which is somewhat of an overview of um, our local resources. Um, we have a partnership and collaboration uh, topic. 
which I found to be one of uh, the most interesting and enjoyable sessions. Uh, we have um, consensus building, project planning, diversity, communication, uh, youth in our community, um, economic development, health and wellness. I mean, the list is very comprehensive. Um, and these sessions rotate, they're on a biweekly schedule. So alternate Thursdays, um, the sessions take place. And I believe they're from 8 a.m. to noon mm -hmm. um, at the different sites, which we mentioned earlier. You know, I know um, during my experience with the program, and, and maybe you guys have had a similar experience, but we... During the course of working on our project, we really had to focus on team building because our group happened to be a kind of a disparate group that got pulled together. And then um, we had a terrible time really coming up with a solid choice on what our um, project was going to be. So we actually ended up doing a lot of conflict resolution as well. And I found that for me personally, that was very valuable because I then took that with me back to my business and had an opportunity to kind of go through that whole scenario again in a different setting. And having been there and done that, um, found myself better able to cope with that kind of um, Oh, I guess disagreement, but you know it worked out all right. But I don't know. I, I think that's another thing that the program helps with. I think yeah, we had this, the exact same experience. The hardest part was was deciding what to do, that because we want to do something that would be meaningful and and could actually do something for the community, and not just do it to have done it. And it was it was you quickly learned you had to not take things personally and say what you really thought because you didn't have enough time to to beat around the bush. So I. I think that's a very valuable thing you learn. And I've mentored a couple of groups in succeeding years and, and told them you save yourself an awful lot of trouble and time <laughs> if you will, you know, be brutally honest about what you think because you're going to be on this road that you pick for four or five months. Mm -hmm. It seems, I mean, that really speaks to, to something that was being mentioned earlier that you may not come out of this and, and head up uh, Bloomington Hospital or be the uh, head of some municipal organization, but you can bring something to the table where you're working you learn skills about uh, the community, uh, you have a good Rolodex, uh, some mm -hmm. action skills, that sort of stuff. So you, no matter what level you end up at in the sort of social community, you, you, you get something out of this that you bring to the table. Right. You can use them in your activities at church and committees you're on. You use these same kinds of things. I mean, most things we do, we do as teams. Mm -hmm. Really, so yeah. it's true. We have an email that came in. It says, I don't think this will be the right time for me to sign up for Leadership Bloomington, but I am curious about the projects that the groups in the class work on from January to May. How are the projects selected, and how many hours should one expect to work on these group projects? Well, we could talk about ours. I uh, I worked with Suzanne Phillips and Leanne Mary, and... Um, uh, we created a book, it was about three inches thick, on uh, how to put on a festival. Because at that time, um, you know, 17 years ago, we didn't have nearly as many special events as we do now. Um, and uh, so we thought it would be valuable to, you know, where do you get your permits? What are your different committees that you need to have, you know, from site and security and volunteers and entertainment and vendors and, you know, just all the logistics that go with that. And um, we ended up using that book several times over the years. And plus when other communities call and they want to put on festivals like the Taste of Bloomington, for example, um, we've got something that we can give them that uh, is a nice um, model to follow for putting on um, events. Kim, what was your group's project? Our group was um, an intergenerational programming idea. Uh, we took that to the Parks Department and to um, actually with linking the Banneker Community Center and the Bloomington Adult Community Center um, and doing some intergenerational health-related uh, topics. And there has been some movement in that project with our Hearts and Parks concept. Um, so they've taken bits and pieces of our project and implemented it internally. Jim, you want to speak to yours? Sure. Uh, ours didn't continue on, but we, uh, we, the year I was there, we had a project in Bachelor Middle School. Uh, Peggy Chambers there was gracious enough to let us come and work with some of their kids. And we started a little leadership bachelor program <laughs> that ran for a year and helped uh, Help some kids sort of uh, sort out uh, their their inferiority feelings, quite frankly, about their school, and uh, mm -hmm. did a lot of things to help 
help them feel better about that. Then the next year there was another group that came in and did a project down there. Sadly, we were not able to come up with something that continued. But I, I really do think we helped about a dozen kids a bunch. I think when you work with mm-hmm. kids, uh, that's an investment that you don't see the payoff perhaps for another 10 or 20 years. So you may see that uh, come back. And it, in fact, was an ongoing program that you just weren't aware of. It might be. I think to answer the question that was emailed in as well, I think time commitments vary from group to group based on their project and how extensive it is. Um, On average, groups met usually on their off weeks um, of class. That was pretty common. Um, And that's scheduled, you know, at their convenience. It is at their convenience. That's kind of the, um, the... the piece of the project that is is your own. You guys establish how often you meet and how much work you do. And um, another important thing about the projects is you're out there making those connections with people and you're identifying um, areas where there maybe needs to be a, a something implemented. Um, there is a class session specifically designated to the, the project selection process, and essentially the current class comes up with the ideas that are of interest to them or that, you know, that, that things that are on their radar or things that they've picked up on that um, there currently is a need for in the community. Yeah, kind of an interesting thing I learned recently is the the, uh, chirping signals uh, uh, Mm -hmm. downtown came out of a leadership Bloomington Monroe County project. So I think that's Mm -hmm. just a really concrete example of something that we see every day that grew out of this program. Now, maybe we could talk a little bit more about nuts and bolts of how this works. I mean, how many are there in a class? I get the impression from from what Talisha said specifically that a handful of people work on one project, not the whole group. Is that correct? Or how does this right. work? Right. I think there are maybe five or six projects per class that people divide up into different teams. Um, when we went through, there were 40 people in the uh, class. I think they're smaller now. They're more run around 30. Yeah, mm-hmm. around 30 okay. was my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got a class of about 30 people and, and, as you say, about four or five projects may come out of that. Right. Has the nature of, of how this all works uh, evolved from the time that you were uh, uh, a student, Alicia, to the time that uh, Kim goes through the program, a change in terms of what's offered or how it's uh, approached? No. I mean, just looking at the schedule that's coming up, I mean, it was very similar as far as, uh, you know, it was always Thursday morning. It was four hours. You, it was a graduation at the end. Uh, so those types of logistics, uh, I'm sure probably the topics change a little bit. I mean, these seem more uh, up to date with what the community's facing now mm-hmm. uh, than perhaps, you know, 17 years ago what the topics were. So I think they seem very um, timely, you know, planning the future is one of the, the topics, uh, health and wellness, economic foundations. Uh, celebrating diversity. So those all seem very timely. I think the spirit of the program runs through. Mm -hmm. I think any alumni event that I've been to, you know, you can strike up a conversation with anybody there and the commonality of experience comes through pretty quickly. Um, It's always been about building leaders, building relationships um, and exposing people to um, just a, a part of the community that they might not have had an opportunity to be a part of prior to the program. Okay. We have a lot more questions and a little bit more time, about uh, 25 minutes or so in this program. Uh, we're a little past the halfway mark and maybe I'll take our, our usual break and, and uh, come back in just a little bit. Our topic uh, this afternoon is Leadership Bloomington. We have three members of uh, the Alumni Association from that group, Kim Eckenbarger, Jim Shelton, and Talisha Kopik. If you have a comment or question, we invite your participation in Noon Edition this afternoon. We'll be right back. You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. Join us Sunday evening at 7 for Profiles, a repeat of the program featuring Michael McRobbie, Interim Provost and Vice President for Academic Affairs at IU Bloomington. 
As Vice President for Information Technology and Vice President for Research, McRobbie led the extensive transformation in information technology and oversaw the development of major new research projects and initiatives at IU. He speaks with Patrick O'Meara. That's Sunday night at 7. Good afternoon and welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Will Murphy, News Director at WFIU. Sitting in this afternoon for Bob Salzberg. We hope he comes back to this program soon, but he had an emergency he had to attend to. Also in the studio this afternoon, Mary Catherine Carmichael. We are joined by Jim Shelton, the Vice President of the Alumni Association for Leadership Bloomington. Also by Kim Eckenbarger, the President of the Alumni Association for Leadership Bloomington. Talisha Kopik, the uh, Distinguished Alumni Award winner for 2003 with Leadership Bloomington. And we should note that Mary Catherine Carmichael is the Distinguished Alumni Award winner for this year. So congratulations. All oh, around. my goodness. I wanted to, as we uh, get back to the program, first of all, we should mention some phone numbers. 855-0811 in Bloomington if you'd like to join in on the program. Outside of Bloomington, 877-285-9348. And the email address is noon at indiana.edu. We have about 22 more minutes left in the program. If we could, before we get into more nuts and bolts of the program, I just want to point out that we have, as I understand it, a representative from sort of private sector with Jim Shelton. We have a representative from the public sector with Kim, who's with Park and Rec, correct? And we have Talisha Kopik, who's kind of some not for profit. Non- yeah. yeah. So we have a representative of all the sort of, we, I should say, three of the, the multifarious components of the community here in uh, Bloomington. And perhaps in the rest of the program, we will get to how the program directly affected them in terms of the manifestation of, of what they do private, public, and, and uh, nonprofit. But I'm going to hand it over to you and uh, for the next question. I think we have some phone calls coming up as okay. well. Okay. I, I just wondered if any of you – I guess, Talisha, you'd be the most likely candidate. Were you part of the – or around when the name change went from Leadership Bloomington to Leadership Bloomington, Monroe County? Did that happen before or after you were in class? Um, vaguely remember it. But I, mean, I think it was just a recognition that it's a larger community and that we all interact together. And I know like with city and county planning type issues, they have to work together on that. And so it just made a lot of sense to, to do. Yeah. I, yeah, I just I vaguely uh, just remember hearing about that also. But I know that that people felt strongly enough about it that the 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 current class, whenever that was, probably just a little bit before you, um, went ahead and voted and said, we really want this name to change because we want it to be all-inclusive, um, not just focusing on Bloomington, but in fact um, bringing in all the members of the community. And so that's why the Monroe County part was added. There's a little fun fact for you. <laughs> <laughs> that. that makes sense. Actually, I should point out the phone call was for uh, – uh, Ilkner, not for for us. So she's uh, handled the question. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. All right, great. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, the upcoming year um, because we do have a, a class that's uh, getting ready to begin. Um, I know Elkner is accepting applications right now, in fact, um, until I think the application... 27th. Yeah, yeah, application deadline is September 27th. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to? I can go? I can address that. Yeah. There are a couple ways that um, somebody could enroll in the class or submit their application. There are application forms located throughout the community. Um, in receptacle areas, very common areas throughout the community. There's also um, a PDF file that you can access from the Continuing Studies website, and I could give that website. It's continue.indiana.edu. Correct. And then there is an LBMC link from that website that you can access more information about the, the program and also get your enrollment form from that location as well. You can also contact Ilkner Ralston. Her phone number is 855-6329, and she's more than willing to send out an application form to you. Um, our registration deadline is the 27th. I think we'll mention that. And it's not free. It's not free. When you submit your application form, you do need to submit 
uh, $100 holding um, or consideration fee. And and once you get accepted into the program, there is an additional $850 fee for the program. So the total um, investment in this program is uh, $950. Now, there's several ways to to handle that. I know a lot of people hear that and and kind of get a grip. Um, I I know know, pretty much any class you take, you're going to pay for. how how do people go about paying for this class if they don't have $950 themselves? What are some options for people? Well, one option, of course, is to spread spread the payments out. And quite frankly, I'm not exactly sure of the details of that. The other is to request financial assistance. One of the major goals of the Alumni Association is to try to raise money to help people defray parts of the cost in order to increase the diversity as much as possible. We, we would like to have people in diversity in almost any way you can think of, and one of the important ones is economic uh, diversity. So there is financial assistance available. We've been able to raise uh, $2,000 this year, and we hope to raise a little more before the actual deadline hits, and uh, likely we'll break that into chunks to help help people pay because we do think folks ought to help ought to pay some of it themselves or their employers some of it themselves. And this also allows not-for-profits to be able to send people, which is an important thing, I think, for, for this program to help the community with. Yeah, really important for them to have a seat at the table at all times. Um, I just think it's important to mention, too, the application is very uh, basic to fill out. It's two pages. And uh, it's, you know, what are you do you wish to gain from your participation in Leadership Bloomington? What community goal do you want to accomplish as a result of your participation? Describe a personal accomplishment, two qualities that are important for future leaders of Bloomington Monroe County. So it's, I mean, it's a really a nice application that makes you think, and but it's, it's an easy one to fill out and send mm-hmm. in. And and if you break things down, you know, that $950 gets you nine sessions of leadership development. Um, it gives you all of your materials that you need for uh, the program, and um, you get to network with not only the members of your class, but with key stakeholders in the community. So I think it really is a reasonable a reasonable. Uh, price for such a valuable program? Yeah, I know. When I went through the program, um, I I can't remember if I paid for it out of pocket first and then was reimbursed. But I know at some point my employer ended up picking up the tab for that. Um, I I guess that's always an option. Jim, do you do that for your employees? Yes, yes. We sent, I think, five folks through. And there, and there are continuing education units um, seven. that are seven, offered. Correct. Seven, okay, and those are through IU. So the, the, those are great, especially for people who have that as a requirement of their job um, that they need to, con, you know, keep up with uh, ongoing education. Um, seven CEUs for the for the price of the the class. And I think you know one of the benefits that doesn't get talked about enough that I really like is just membership in the alumni association. So Kim, you're the president. This year. Why don't you talk about the alumni? Association. And- All right. Well, we do. We have over 650 graduates of the program. 400 of them currently live in or around the Bloomington area. And the goal of the Alumni Association is to keep individuals who've gone through the program engaged in leadership activities. And there are several ways that we um, promote that idea. Uh, One of our biggest focus, uh, right, our biggest focus right now is trying to get um, individuals who have gone through the program connected to leadership positions in the community. We try to promote a leadership opportunity uh, to our network of alumni on a monthly basis. Uh, We try to keep them informed of how they can uh, join boards and commissions here locally. Uh, We recognize um, alumni who are implementing or using their leadership skills um, in a um, in a useful way here in this community through um, recognizing our distinguished leadership alumni recipient. Um, We try to foster a relationship with the current class members and our alumni, giving them resources and a network to draw from. So those are some of the activities that we're doing. Uh, We're trying to just keep people in touch with with how they can uh, utilize their leadership skills. 
I, I remember recently you and I came were at an alumni function and um, a, a person came up to us and said, gosh, we're looking for board members. Can you help us? And so you went on, put it on the alumni uh, website that, or the newsletter rather mm-hmm. that goes out to everybody and she, she had her, her board members. Exactly. And that's kind of how things work. We try to just make those connections. If somebody, if there's a business out there who's looking for leaders to fill board positions, uh, we take that information and we plug that into our newsletter. It's going out to approximately 400 people who are still uh, living here in the Bloomington area. And, you know, sometimes it just takes that little bit of initiation and, and making those connections for there to be a win-win situation for everyone. I have to say that uh, if one is motivated just purely by self-interest, looking around as a reporter, talking to people uh, here in the community, I'm always stunned by how many people have uh, been graduates of this program that are in leadership positions uh, in this area and beyond. Um, And I'm also simultaneously struck by the way networking plays in one's advancement. So I think Mm -hmm. if you're simply looking at your own sort of career path, it doesn't hurt to be in the same room with 30 or 40 people that are going to be in positions of influence down the road if they're not already. Yeah. In fact, I met people. I served on the uh, Alumni Association board for a time. I'm not currently serving on that board, but um, I met people that had also been through the program, not in my class, and um, have benefited from those relationships. So I think it's um, something that continues to offer benefits throughout time. And, and we have a this is we have an email that came in. We kind of answered this, but I think it bears repeating. Um, the email is: Are any scholarships available for this program? Recognizing there may be people in not-for-profit organizations that could benefit from it, but don't have funds in their budget to cover it. Absolutely, they need to go ahead, turn an application in. The, the uh, Leadership Bloomington Alumni Association Executive Committee will be reviewing those late this month and uh, making recommendations to for how to allocate. And as I said, I know we've got $2,000 and we may have a little more by that time. We put out a plea to to alums to uh, personally contribute if they can. So I'll put that plea out here now also <laughs> for any alums out there that if you could contribute some money, we will turn it into scholarship money, again, to help improve the diversity of the class and have not-for-profits able to send their people. I I think now's an appropriate time to recognize uh, Jim Shelton and his involvement with this program. He didn't send a a staff person through the program this year, but uh, graciously supplied a full scholarship to be distributed this year. So I think that speaks magnitudes uh, about how he supports this program and how valuable he feels this program is to this community. So we we certainly appreciate that. Thank you. I can understand sponsoring one of your own employees for the benefit, but why do that if it's not one of your employees? Because I think the program is is very important to the community and is made much stronger by virtue of being able to have people there who don't just work for somebody who can afford to send them. Again, not-for-profits, I think, benefit tremendously from sending their people there. And then I think, again, we, we need to have economic diversity in the class, and there are people who obviously cannot afford to do it who, who could – benefit the community from having these experiences. You know, I have a nice point, I think, to illustrate that beautifully. I I would say in my class, one of the people, probably the person from whom I learned the most um, was a community activist who uh, was on disability and unemployed and technically, you know, unemployed um, and brought to the class a completely different viewpoint and um, a, a representation of a segment of the community to which I hadn't been exposed at that point. And I can tell you that all these years later, um, many of her words and experiences still echo in my mind. And um, I'm grateful to whomever made it possible for her to go through the program because um, it continues to bring uh, meaning uh, to my life. So, yes, I think that's a, a wonderful point and Thank you, Jim. That's and very I think that's kind an, and generous. You're welcome. And you bring up an aspect we hadn't mentioned earlier, and that is you learn a lot from your classmates. Yeah, I would say I learned at least as much from my classmates as I did from the actual uh, curriculum. You're shaking yes. your head, Alicia. <laughs> yes. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. People come to the table or, or come to the class, rather, with, um, you know, they bring 
who they are that, and, and yes. all the baggage and all the opinions and all the everything that we all have as, as part of who we are. And I, I'm always fascinated by how quickly all that you, you, you learn about that, that about people. And then it's interesting. I know in my experience, at least it was interesting to watch people start to moderate on some of their kind of steadfast views that they started out with after having been exposed to more information from different sources. I think it's important to to mention, too, that this class helped us or this course helped us identify that there are different kind of leaders out there as well. You know, there's not one certain mold that all leaders follow. And uh, this course helped me identify how other people led and how I lead. And that was a, a unique component to this course. I've got a couple. I've still got a couple other sort of devil's advocates oh, questions. I've got to, got again b- before the hour's over. Uh, I can remember since as long as I can remember, I've been opposed since kindergarten to group work. I just hate it on principle. I don't, it always seems like there's the chemistry where you have four people working. One's really smart, two are really social, <laughs> and one's dumb as a rock. Um, what do you say to people who are uh, handicapped? I guess like me with that prejudice against cooperative uh, work. Group work. Well, you know, groups are made up of, of people, and there'll be some of all those that you talked about. Again, you learn some skills as you go through the class to help with that. You learn different working and learning styles. I'll never forget that because that's helped me so much in mm-hmm. dealing with people. And then you, as a group, have to resolve how you're going to do things, and you, know, you can let it go that way, or you can do things to to give everybody some role to play. It's just something you have to work at. And I think it's no accident that the group work doesn't start until January. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Is this self-regulate? I mean, you've got 40 or 30 people in a room who are hopefully going to come out of this with some leadership skills and how do they cooperatively sort of know after you? Let's do this. Collect- how, do you, how does that work? How does that chemistry come where you select things sort of by consensus? Well, you had, a, you had a whole session on consensus <laughs> yeah. to help you get ready to do it. It comes from that and from fear because you've got to get it done and you've got so little time that, like I said earlier, you've, you've got to quickly come to trust each other and, and be able to interact and, and say what you think. That's right because there is the, pre, the, pres, or the projects rather are um, presented on April 19th and so this year at least or 2007 and you know you don't want to be a schmuck and not have your project done <laughs> so you know you figure out ways to make it's it work. It's peer pressure. Right, right exactly at its finest. Yeah. And do you have people like uh, in any kind of classroom situation you've got different personalities and, and some folks who Thought they wanted to go into this and then somehow said, it's just not for me. Is there a dropout rate from Leadership Bloomington? Nobody left my class. I nobody don't know. Left, I don't, oh, I nobody left one. our class. I'm getting it's, a wave it's from Ilk. Ilk. says nobody's <laughs> dropped out. All no, right. It's just, no. All right. They're there. They're motivated. They want to get it done. Hey, and we gave the wrong phone number for Ilkner. Right. We oh. need to do that again. Her, yep. The correct uh, phone number for Ilkner Ralston, who is the director of Leadership Bloomington, and she, uh, along with Patty Abshire, do all the, all the hard work to put this together. They do all the organization and um, set up all the locations and all the speakers. Ilkner's phone number at IU is 855 855- one one six three. Again, that number is eight five five one one six three. But you can also contact the office itself. I don't yes. know who will answer it at eight five five six three two nine. Right. They'll they'll make sure your call finds its way where it needs to go. And there's a web address as well. Yep. Get that in before we go. Okay. It's um, continue dot indiana dot edu. And we might also mention if folks have questions while well, the they're listening to this program, we certainly are happy to forward them. You can send your comments or questions to noon at indiana.edu, and we'll make sure that uh, Ilkner and the others at the office uh, get in touch with you. Should we just do a real quick rundown of, of the titles of the class sessions this year? They, they begin, it begins with an orientation on October 12th. You guys want to take it from there? And there's an opening retreat, October 19th through 20th. Then Bloomington, my community, Discover the Community, um, Building Partnerships and Collaboration, Consensus, uh, Reaching a Solution with Everyone's Input, Planning Group Projects, Ideas to Make a Better Community, Celebrate Diversity, Discovering Our Individual Differences, 
community and communication, uh, learning how to use various media to communicate your message, youth in our community, you actually visit the school and uh, participate in current issues, economic foundations, building a small, a sound community, health and wellness, exploring resources, your local government, the next one's planning for the future, the community's vision, then the group project presentation is April 19th. Then the graduation recognition dinner is May 3rd. I, I'm just That's a lot of topics there. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious from the four of you here uh, with similar topics that you guys went through, what, did you come, what really was of value to you among the, the 20 or so topics that you went through? Or maybe it was something that wasn't officially on the agenda. What's been valuable to me is I learned a lot about uh, cons- consensus building, how to, while being part of a group, uh, try to get your point across and try to move things along, learn some good tricks about taking over the volunteer and describe things, and, and you can sort of move things along. I learned a lot about uh, through the uh, different working styles. Mm-hmm. Probably the thing that I took um, from this program that was most valuable was the collaboration between the university and the community. I've, I've lived in other communities where there's been a university, and there just didn't seem to be as much communication, as much um, involvement in trying to make this community is the best that it can, given that it's so transient. Um, so that was an important lesson for me to learn. Collaboration. Talisha? I would agree. I think it's that and, and in influence and how to move things forward like Jim was saying. You know, sometimes if you're if you're the director or you're the boss of your business, you say, I want this done and it gets done. When you work in a community, <laughs> uh, you know, it's all about uh, you know, sharing your opinion and, you know, learning different uh, opinions and then trying to, to get things done. Maybe so that's the, learning how to do that. Maybe that's the answer to the question of why should somebody who hates group work get involved in this program? That's because mm-hmm. you have to do group work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Here's a great email that just came in. It says, I'm a recent graduate of the program and I wanted to say that the experience, both the class sessions and the project work have already had a substantial, uh, substantive and positive effect on me, shaping both the way in which I conduct my professional work and my decision to run for MCCSC school board this November. I want to thank my employer, Technology Services Corporation, of which Jim Shelton is our uh, operations manager, for actively supporting Leadership Bloomington Monroe County and for supporting my participation in the program. I also want to thank Ilkner for one amazing session after another. There wasn't a single presentation that wasn't completely filled with interesting, exciting, and new information. Thank you all for such a terrific and meaningful experience. And there was no money exchanged for that. (laughs) We are just about out of time. I think one last time we have an occasion to give the the, uh, web address and the phone number. All right. Ilkner's phone number is 855-1163, and she is the uh, director of the program, Leadership Bloomington. And um, the website that you can go to to learn more about the program and to download an application is continue.indiana.edu. All righty. With that, our thanks to uh, our guests this afternoon, Jim Shelton, Kim Eckenberger, and Talisha Kopik. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, and thanks for your work with the Leadership Bloomington Alumni Association. With that, we'll call, uh, call it a day for this noon edition and uh, wish Bob Zaltzberg uh, good health and a return to this program quickly. On behalf of producer Catherine Hageman and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Will Murphy. Thanks for joining us. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times.